on. All right, live from the Boat Studios, it's the Whatever It Means to You podcast. I am your host, Jared Michael Cranwood, and I have with me, as always, your producer <laughs> and co-host, Shane Denton. We're so, so, so glad to be here. Um, it's uh, two, two very great people joined us today. My friend, Tony, you know him from the band Heritage, if you're, if you're local, um, and, uh, and our friend Sean as well. It was great to have both these guys in here. Uh, super close friends. I, I didn't know that about them. Like, I knew they, they were homeboys. I didn't realize how close they were, and it's just so funny because I think, I don't want to give too much away, but you'll catch in the podcast that it's, it's two, uh, two different presences in the room. But melded as one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was a fun one. I had a really good time. This one piqued my interest, if you'll say. Um, so uh, so I, I just want to, uh, real quick, just uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're having a blast here in the new spot. Uh, it feels great. The room feels good. Uh, hopefully, you all have noticed something a little different, you know, uh, from the last episode that we did. Uh, it, we're sounding a little bit different, too, because uh, we got some new gear. Pretty excited about it. Shane, you got anything? No man, I think we're just we're just trying to test out these microphones a little more. We just yeah. can't stop playing with them because they do—they just sound so good. Yeah. So anyway, fifty-nine. Shit, we're about to have another round number next time. That'll be fun. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you're digging it. Uh, write us an email: wimty.podcast at gmail.com. W-I-M-T-Y.podcast at gmail.com, and we'll read it on the air. And uh, with that, we hope you enjoy listening to us talk to. Uh, our buddies. Shoot. All right. At the Whatever It Means to You <laughs> podcast at Post Studios, uh, my guest today is Sean and Tony both from, from various elements of life. Um, hey, Tony, I, hey. I've known Tony. I've worked with Tony several times. Uh, Tony is the singer slash front man of the band Heritage. Uh, Sean is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. <laughs> 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 I wish. Oh, that's wish. so great, dude. Well played, sir. Yeah, well played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do know you, you're a blue belt, right? I'm a blue belt yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, when I when I first started to try to do uh, jujitsu, I didn't last very long because I got an injury pretty quickly. And I know I've talked with you about it a couple times, uh-huh. but I started looking up percentages and like, what are the percentages a blue belt will fuck you up? And it's very high. <laughs> yeah, it's really high. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know anything, if yeah, you know nothing, yeah, yeah. To an untrained person, no matter your size, it's like ninety-seven point five percent chance that a blue belt will fucking. But take you know, you're down you're past. dealing with the average Joe who is like who mm. thinks he knows how to fight because he watched action movies as a kid. That's, yeah, that's not yeah. really the case. And so it's like you know, jujitsu, a blue belt can yeah. It doesn't take yeah. much. It's funny because though, because white belts and blue belts in ju- in jujitsu are real like, yeah, man. I, I think I could take on the street, you know. And they're all like really psyched up about it, and they think they're you know about to go out and dominate. Yeah, and it's just funny. Yeah, but you would though. I mean, just, I mean, just from street, the flu- yeah. just from the few classes that I took in a couple of you know the, the holds and shit, I was like, oh, okay, so that's how you make someone pass the fuck out real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like you you learn some some useful things pretty quickly. Definitely um, doing it. You uh, kind of forget about that stuff though when you're like always going against your like same color blue uh, belts mm-hmm. or uh, or even higher. You know, you you really don't know because you go against the same people over and over again. You know, yeah. So you don't really know the damage that you can do because people also know. 
your style of fighting as well. Yeah, Tony, you f- you fuck around with some of that stuff too, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been yeah. doing it for a long, long time. It's been like a hobby of mine probably for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. But it's always, it's always um, <clears throat> for me, it literally is leisure. Like I like, I like going to train. I, I get bored lifting weights, you know, so it's like to always throw in some element of martial arts. And also, you know, you get around enough guys that train and they, they you know, you start make, hearing them make fun of all the guys that weigh, lift weights. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, yeah, bro, you train two hours to lift weights, and I train two hours to punch you in the face. Yeah, who's gonna win? Well, you know the guy. You know, you know the guy who's been training just to punch someone in the face. Probably gonna get it done. Uh, yeah, that's funny you say that because at Capital, that was the place that I, the the guy who was there who introduced me to everything. He's like, you know, the last time I touched a weight. Yeah, he's like years. No doubt. It's years. funny is I actually started Capital before there was a Capital. Was Danny Ruiz up at was up at Eglin mm-hmm. Air Force Base, and when I was in the Air Force, I got here. I knew no one. And it was like right after Thanksgiving, and it's like it's like depressing in the dorms, and the dorms are from like 1960, and it smells weird, and you don't have a TV, and it's like, oh, there's jujitsu at the gym. Well, I've been doing jujitsu for a few years. I'm gonna go check it out, and it was like 50 bucks a month to go train with Danny, and now, like 15 years later, he's got a badass yeah, it's like gym. He's, he's like the MMA gym on the Emerald Coast. Yeah, like, for it's sure. cool to see that for him, you know. But it's like that was a long time ago. Yeah. Are you? Do you still train there or no? No, no. I train. Own thing I was just. I just got back in California. I was training. Um, it's funny. They, they have big UFC facilities there, you know. And what they've actually got to the point where their UFC facilities are actually got some pretty, pretty good fighters. They have like WC, old WEC lightweight champion uh, Razor Ramakal, like teaching kickboxing classes. And it's like, dude, this guy hold held like three belts or four belts in Muay Thai, like nationally and internationally so it's like some credible guys teaching but i was just doing um muay thai for like the last two years or whatever i, I really enjoy it i i will say that kickboxing is a bit more of a brutal sport than a lot of the other things you know like like you said it's very easy to get injuries and in certain things especially with brazilian jiu-jitsu but man kickboxing is pretty brutal especially when you go into spar well yeah because you're taking kicks yeah yeah and it's like well you just got to learn how to take them and you got to learn how to like kind of <laughs> roll with it and how to absorb that stuff and I don't know. It's it is what it is, man. There's some. I was. I'm, it's funny because even last this year, I was. Uh, there was a professional Muay Thai fighter there, a female. She's like maybe weighs like 130 pounds, and I haven't been rocking the ribs like that for a minute. But sparring <laughs> her was like, you know, it's weird for guys because it's like it's a girl, it's a girl, bam, and rocks you in the ribs. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> you fuck know. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now it's like it's all of a sudden you know change the dynamic. A yeah, little bit. you're but, an opponent. But yeah, oh, without a doubt, I've told friends that I trained with that were girls before. I was like, look, just so you know, you ever come at me. This is Ryu versus Chung Lee right now. I don't know. I know better than that. I'm not sleeping on you for a second. I know that you'll put me down. So yeah. it's like, you know. Well, these, 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 kicks, these kickboxers, too, people who do it at a high level, when you hear that sound, when they kick a bag, like I could just imagine that bag like being my thigh even. Yeah, right? yeah. That thud. It'll make <laughs> yeah, thud. It'll have a certain consistency, too, when you know that some, like if you, if you hit it with that, with that veracity and you can see the bag do certain things you're like well if that was a rib that'd be gone yeah done. or a smaller bone you clip a smaller bone like but then again you know someone kicks you like that and you think you're just going to eat it in the arm and that's not mm. that's not the case <laughs> it's like <laughs> so you know so many of those you can take but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's all leisure though it's not like you know sean's the same way it's like about bettering yourself self-evolution trying mm. to grow it's not it's not about being it's about also you know as a man having the confidence to be like if you were someone were trying to impose their will on your loved ones that you have the ability to stand between if something that. popped off you're gonna have you're yeah. gonna be in a much different position that's where it got to for me because I'm not a mm-hmm. I'm not a violent person at all I don't I don't get yeah, into conflicts n- n- yeah, nor and I know I know that yeah. you all aren't either uh, but for me that's what that's what it came down to I was like man if some shit pops off I want to be confident and, yeah. and like know what to do <laughs> rather, than yeah, yeah. T- rather than run, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
you know, especially, you know, having a wife and, and things like that now, you know, it's, it's just I hear that a lot, so. actually. Like, we were listening just to, like, not to not to drop this bomb on here, but we were listening to Travis Barker on Joe Rogan, you know, and he was talking about boxing and how he started getting into boxing, and he literally used it only for the reason of to evolve because he was having a son, and he's like, I just want to be better for my family, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that just... There's a point in your life where you're like, dude, I just don't want to be afraid of physical confrontation. I'd rather f- like meet my my adversary face to face than than get scared or even be able to hold a front like I'm doing a good job. And inside, yeah. inside you're scared. And there's that other level of like, you know, you train enough. And here's what I try to tell people: like, why do you like when I was I was gonna take a fight, you know, and I, some things happened, I couldn't do it. I actually ruptured my eardrum training. And um, people are like, why do you want to do that? And you're like, dude. You know, you think about it. These people, like, that train and <clears throat> that fight in the UFC and things of that nature, you know, they train their whole lives on a certain type of, type of martial arts. They're not... If they're training martial arts, they're not going to go out and beat people up because they're taught to be... Uh, they Martial arts bring respect and discipline, and you're not going to go out and... Good people aren't going to go out and just pick on people with their well, skills, right? Ex- especially if you're that dangerous, you'll be in jail. Yeah, you're, it's <laughs> you not going to work out. So yeah. <clears throat> the, the way... It, what it ends up turning into is, okay, well, we have... I feel this way. I want to learn. I want to know that my skills are worth something, that I'm in the right martial arts for me, that I have been haven't been doing this in vain. So, hey, you want to know the same thing because you've been training for 10 years, and I want to know how about we just set up a match and we'll see what happens, and we're both willing. We're not hurting anybody, and we want to see where our skills are. We want to see where our weaknesses are. Let's, yeah, what let's, kind of let's, fight were you Let's have do? a competition. What were you uh, MMA. Do? Okay. But I've been training for so long, but I don't – it's always been a leisure thing. So, for instance, music was my priority. Training was not my priority. Mm. So I tried to take a fight. Uh, I was actually going to fight the day before we left for 2013 Warp Tour. And I thought that was a good idea for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> was Roy like, no? <clears throat> they were all thought I was stupid for it. But I was just like, this is something I've always wanted to do. It's kind of like, you know, and, and little did I know that in the MMA community, they absolutely hate somebody who just wants to come in and, and take a fight like for their idea of a bucket list. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was wanted to know what my abilities were. And then I realized that if you want to know what your abilities are, then it's better to do it in the dojo because it, if, if you train with people who are really serious and you get knocked out, right? You get knocked stupid or knocked embarrassingly knocked out. Enough of those guys have, had, have gotten knocked out. Mm-hmm. And so you're in a room full of men who know what it's like. So you don't get a whole, oh, where you get knocked out in front of a bunch of people who are just paying to see you get knocked out. They're screaming. <laughs> Everyone loses. Their, they're all stoked. But it's like, you know, you train at a, at a dojo. There's going to be like 20 people. And if you get knocked out, there might be some head shakes. But that's about it. People mm-hmm. understand. You know yeah. what I mean? And then they're also going to be like. Make sure you're okay. Well, to a right? dis- well, it depends. If you know, you're around grown mm-hmm. men, no one's, no one's going to come over there and lick your wounds for you. No, you're going to have yeah. to own it. And so, for instance, one time I got knocked out. <laughs> Coach knocked me out with an uppercut. And I got, I got, they checked my eyes for a concussion. I wasn't out, out, but my eyes were dazed and off in the moon, you know. <clears throat> I was looking at the mat for, for colors that weren't there. <laughs> and uh, they checked my eyes for a concussion, and <laughs> they're like, no, he's off. He's off. Like, like, put him off to the side for a minute. And so then that coach then went and fought another guy, another fighter with a pretty decent record, but he was amateur. And then he handed that guy his ass for thirty for three minutes. And then right when their fight was over, I was like, check Tony. And the guy checks my eyes, and he's like, he doesn't have a concussion. He's good. He's like, get him back up there. And I was like, bro, I just got knocked. I just got uppercutted out. Like, And I had to fight that guy for three minutes. It was funny, though. You eat a couple punches like that from coach. Immediately, when you see someone else in front of you, you don't get scared. You go, well, you're not coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I could take that from him, I can take it from you. Yeah. And it gives you some... 
What happens if you knock coach out? <laughs> you're going to have a hard time if you get lucky yeah. and knock a yeah, coach yeah. out. They're going to yeah. make your life a living hell when you go that there. That smart. Yeah, that's not smart, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not smart. I've seen it happen. You have too, right? Like, I've seen oh, guys, yeah. like, tap out a coach, and it's like, oh, you got lucky? You know, blue belt got lucky on a black belt? Well, now purple, brown, and black are all – they're sniping for you now. They're mm-hmm. going to put you in the circle and let all of them humble you so you don't get – yeah, you realize that you were lucky. Don't get an ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and once you, you know? get and once you once you tap somebody out, you like you restart. So you better, you know, the, the next time around, the coach probably gonna get you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. and probably in a in a different kind of way. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. more likely. He's yeah. probably gonna lay it on real quick. And then when you try to get away from him to go roll with someone else, he's like, no, 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 you're here with me for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, it's always something like that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah so. man, it's, it's it's something I still want to do. It's just, you know, like we were talking a little bit about before this, and it's not an excuse. It's just if you have seven things going on, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. can't give everything its proper attention. Yeah. Um, and and also like I, I, like I had to after like my fourth or fifth lesson, I injured my neck, and I, like I had to go to a chiropractor for like a fucking month. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it sucks because they don't cool. Because also like they they just like the first class you go to, they're like. All right, follow these guys and do these fucking rolls. And I'm like, I've never done this, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. like, I'm like, okay, here it goes, oh, yeah. and you just land right on your fucking head, and you learn real quick not to do it yeah. that way. But still, like, there was no, there was no one explaining to you the proper way to do this so you don't hurt yourself. See, and that you know? that deals with different gyms because sometimes there are people that will walk you through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if you're you're, we call them sometimes they're called Shark Tank gyms because mm-hmm. dudes want to eat each other in there. Mm-hmm. And there's there's just some people that are competition's real strong, or they're a gym that promotes ego, or or they're, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. There's a bunch of different, there's a rainbow plethora of gyms, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, <clears throat> there's those, those the grown man gyms where it's just like a bunch of grown folks, you know, they it's, it's baptism by fire. Mm-hmm. You get thrown in with the wolves and that's yeah. how you learn. And yeah. some gyms are just like, you know, you, you, one, one time there was an instance where this dude kept eating a jab at practice and nobody wanted to let up on him. And they're like, coach was like, keep giving him that jab until he figures out how to get around it. Yeah. Well, by the end of that class, that kid has a broken orbital bone. Because he didn't learn. He just yeah. wouldn't figure out how to get around that jab. And he kept eating it. And then it was like, well, your fight, fighting's over for at least a year. Mm. You know, because now you got to have a piece of plastic put under your, in your Exactly. Chair. You're done. And it's like, that's a hard way to learn. Sometimes there's other ways to learn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily need to go through all that. But it depends on the coach and their style of teaching and the student and how they learn and all that stuff mm. is so different, man. That's why you signed the waiver, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. You're gonna get hurt. You just gotta work around it. Mm. That's, you, you develop it with a certain mental toughness too. You know, yeah, it's very humbling. Well, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you both have have had injuries from it. Oh, injuries I'm, just piss you off. Yeah, just make you mad. <laughs> so mad. I'm injured right now. I can't. I can't do much. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just start going back to jujitsu and stuff. Mm. But yeah, it's pretty tough. Do you have health insurance? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, so it's all like yeah, know, man. So all you can really do is hang out, right? Ice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I try and take care of it, you know. I've been mm-hmm. a chiropractor and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it only goes so far. I, ne- I think I need an MRI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever, bro. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> I, see this, I can but, see this dude, you know, this is the... I should say a care provider isn't really necessarily his style. He'd rather like read a book and rip some herbs up and do that whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's yeah, more yeah. his style, like holistic. Yeah, so you're, uh, right. you're right. We both are kind of a little more like that. Where it's like keep me out of the hospital. I'd rather just try and figure another way out. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's not always that easy, right? Yeah. Well, Western well, medicine is a blessing for some reasons, you know. Yeah. For it's yeah, sure. I, I feel like there's a there's a there's a healthy balance. Oh, there. without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of these yeah. people that are just straight holistic health, and you're like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Like, like take some medicine <laughs> yeah, that's made for. Yeah, this, you know, um, all, all those things are, are ways to uh, 
to, to assist that uh, my wife is actually going through a program right now for holistic health and nutrition. So she wants to be cool. like a nutritionist in that cool. department. Um, and it's been pretty cool to see just the, the different ways that she's been able to figure out how food can heal you in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, rather than all these people that are just, you know, uh, almost any old person like my grandparents or whatever, they have their regiment of 17 pills that they have to take every crazy. morning to stay alive. So and I want to stay away from that for as long as Definitely. possible. You or you know? could just be like in, in like, especially like uh, Hispanic cultures, or just put some lemon on it and be all right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> lemon, honey, and whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess tequila. It's a cure all there. Yeah. It's cure all. For sure. That's pretty funny though. Yeah. Yeah, health is health is definitely some some form of importance, especially nowadays, since we have all this crazy stuff popping into the world, all these chemicals everywhere, mm-hmm. theories of chemtrails. And yeah, stuff, you know? some people are just fucking idiots too, though. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I drink enough to offset any healthy things I do. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, I um, I've I've become a pretty huge. Uh, uh, advocate for medicinal marijuana because I've, I've never wanted to be on any kind of medication and you know how it is being in the music industry Tony um, it will it'll try everything it can to fucking break you mm-hmm. whether you're on tour whether it's uh, you know a lot of people just think you get up there and play some instruments it's whatever well me from the business end uh, it's it's not just that there's so much more that goes into it so I'd like just I was I was getting so busy that about like three years ago I got put on a super low dose uh, lorazepam, which is an, it was an anti anxiety medication. Well, as soon as they made medicinal marijuana legal, I was like, okay, well there's an, there's an option for that, um, and it's really benefited me quite a quite a bit. And I don't even like I do have the high THC stuff, but I use that very seldom. Like most of the stuff I use is, is high CBD, low THC, and uh, I haven't touched. Uh, the medicine that they gave me and put me on, I really haven't touched in what seven months now. Oh, that's awesome. great. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So it's definitely like improved the quality of life. And when I do want to get high, I can and not have to worry about, yeah. Uh, like I got pulled over the other night for speeding, and the cop asked me if I had any illegal substances in the car. I had two vape pens, one high THC, one high CBD, and I was able to uh, honestly tell him no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and if he would have found it, I'd have been like, sir, here's this. I'm allowed to have this. There, there's not shit you can do about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's been a that's been a cool thing. Have you guys uh, looked into any of that at all? I mean, I don't know if you're users or not, but well, like, he's actually. What's weird is like I've known Sean what, for like ten years now. So I'm like, like uh, I don't know, eight or nine years. I can't remember. I've actually known you f- far longer, right? But mm-hmm. <clears throat> the thing about it was, he and I. My mom lives in Corona, California. He's from Calif- Corona, okay. California. Oh, so wow. right now, it's like medical is everywhere, right? And it's it's just free reign. So like, for instance, like I've been in California for the last year. And something I've noticed is like now you'll see like um, middle-aged, um, looks like very established, wealthy house moms or whatever. Like maybe even very, you know, uh, um, business-oriented women. And you watch these girls in the bar on a Sunday with a vape pen. <laughs> and it just, it's just changed. It's yeah. just... It's not the quaaludes anymore. No, man. The people <laughs> the people that use it don't have that face that they gave us on Reefer Madness. You know, it's just not that anymore. And so mm-hmm. the paradigm has shifted. And it's just like, you know, it's just not looked at as a drug anymore when you see kids on like even a video on YouTube or on Facebook of a kid with epilepsy losing it mm-hmm. and having a seizure and they put that oil on his mouth and all of a sudden he calms down and comes back. You can't, that's undeniable. I think that's one yeah. of the beautiful things about yeah. the internet is because someone who might've been swayed by that video when they were 10 
right? Mm -hmm. And now they're 70 and retiring in Florida and me completely against medical marijuana. Well, then that's their grandkid or that's their friend's grandkid or that's a video they saw and it just changes their perception because <clears throat> no one can filter that, that content. Mm. And so there's no pharmaceutical company going, no, 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 don't post that or take that down or whatever. There's, the, the people are moving that. You know, it's it's unstoppable. You can't, oh, yeah. If medicine's working, man, you know. It is well, yeah, that you can't. Well, you can't hide information yeah, anymore. Man, no way. Yeah. We can. We have access to it. Yeah. Anything that we want to know, we can figure out. And a lot of times, if you want to research it enough, you can weave through the bullshit. Yeah. Of what's real and what's not. So, uh, Clint was on, who was on uh, two weeks ago. He was saying that when his mom first found his sack of like marijuana when he was like seventeen, she thought it was like crack. Just yeah. because they didn't, she didn't know. Yeah. She's like, this is a drug. Then that's what you're taught. If you don't have any experience with it, mm -hmm. how are you supposed to know? Like, like when I was a kid, I went through the, the D.A.R.E. program and I thought mm -hmm. that, oh, right. I thought they were all grouped into the same one. That's so funny because that, that, if you look at the statistics on any of the D.A.R.E. program, it did the exact opposite. It did. It, look at the statistics. <laughs> like a lot I'm of I'm not even, I'm not even <laughs> kidding. You can, <clears throat> you can look it up, dude. <laughs> It's hey, that's not, that's not fair. I'd, I'd say, man, I'd say compared to most uh, most people, especially people who might be in the music industry, uh, my drug usage is very, very, very minor compared to, to oh, a yeah, lot of people. Dude. It's not an excuse or, uh, for any of that, but it's just in an industry <laughs> that's just rampant with it. Yeah. But, but also the, the way they schedule these drugs too, uh, for example, uh, opiates and heroin, I believe, are scheduled to uh, drugs where um, a... Mushroom, psilocybin, DMT, acid, those are all Schedule 1 drugs, which in order to be a Schedule 1, there's not allowed to have uh, no medicinal value mm -hmm. and and cannot and uh, are addictive. Those don't meet either one of those no. criteria. Be so farther from the truth. Yeah, farther so, from the truth. So you have uh, larger penalties for the number one thing that's fucking killing people as far as in the drug community right now, heroin and opiates is Schedule 2, and then you have uh, acid and... And God. psilocybin, which does have some medicinal value, um, as a, as a more dangerous well, drug, like it's, it's backwards. They don't want you. They don't want you connected with your consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> no, that man. Free thinking. They don't want you to learn much. about yourself too much. You know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's funny because Terrence McKenna said that you know if DMT is a Schedule One, then we're all packing. We're all holding yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's holding because you yeah. have DMT naturally in the brain. I don't. I just don't understand how you can make something that's so natural, like a mushroom that grows on the ground, illegal, and then you guys can fabricate. Of heroin that's ten times as potent, killing people, and and that is something that you can sell for personal profit, and, and a lot. And it's just like you can see just through that example how skewed the the slate is. It's just mm -hmm. ridiculous, you mm -hmm. know. It's so dumb to me. Yeah. And like Silas Oben right now, they're they're, so they're finally doing studies. Uh, they finally have allowed studies on people with PTSD. They're mm -hmm. allowing this information, so we're gonna see. What all the information says yeah. when it comes out. I'm interested. To I've see. gotten the information before. Oh, I have too. A different way. Um, <laughs> Through direct experience, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. a little different. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But but yeah, you're right. There was a period of about 30 years where there was no research done on it. There was zero research done on it because um, part of that is the counterculture that came in as well. But also, they they were in the 50s and in, in the late 50s, early 60s. They were they were discovering that there that there was some potential here with psychedelics, Definitely. and and then the, the whole. Counterculture came in, boom, no more. No more testing on it. This has zero value. Everyone 
who who's interested or whatever, lock them up, get rid of them, whatever. And now, especially dealing with uh, a lot of soldiers with PTSD, they're giving them MDMA and shit. They're giving mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Uh, they're giving patients who are who have terminal cancer like uh, guided high dose trips of psilocybin, mm-hmm. yeah. and like eighty percent of them say that they view their death differently mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah, in yeah. a more positive way. That's fucking insane. Those are huge numbers. Yeah. That's There's value. There's medicinal value to that. So I think the first step would be getting that schedule, getting that descheduled. Yeah, I, I don't know about legalization. Um, Have you looked at Portugal so, at all on that topic? I've not. Okay, Portugal legalized every every substance. And what they started doing was... So there's zero drug laws. Zero drug It's all legal. And what they do now is um, if someone has a heroin addiction, what they do is they bring them into a... They bring them into a <clears throat> facility... They have to use the heroin at the facility. They give them a needle. They give them the heroin in a smaller dose than they would normally like. Mm-hmm. They take it, and then apparently, from what I understand, they observe them. They t- help to take care of them, and they, they start trying to find out why they wanted to do the heroin in the first yeah. place. And they treat it like a medical disorder instead of treating it like a, 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 a crime. Yeah. And the numbers are staggering. I would actually, I, I almost want to pull my phone up and just pull the statistics up because it's yeah. ridiculous um, what they're doing. It's completely changed. Um, their, their crime's gone down. Violent crime's gone down. It's just ridiculous some of the things have gone down. Yeah, well, of course crime's gone down because you're not fucking locking people up Yeah, for it's it pretty anymore. interesting, man. And I think that's, you know, obviously that's a large, that's a pretty large-scale uh, social experiment, you know, them doing that. And that works in Portugal. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. necessarily it would work everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And the infrastructure needed to do something like that would probably be pretty, you know, pretty mm-hmm. thick. Um, you know, you'd have to have the bureaucracy would have to support that, which is never easy, especially when you have a bipartisan, um, you know, country where people mm. are like, there's such a hard line between people trying to get things done. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely interesting. There's, it, it makes it a point where you, it's, it, it's unignorable evidence. Right. And mm. so it's something to obviously look at. Yeah. I'm just, I'm interested to see. I think it's very interesting that even in our lifetimes, you know, like we're mid thirties, you know, Look how much has changed. It's so crazy to me, bro. You know, I used to remember smoking. I smoked, first time I smoked a joint, I was like hiding in a bush in eighth grade and we thought we were doing like the worst thing on the mm-hmm. planet, you mm-hmm. know? And now everyone in California is just smoking a blunt Dude, walking down the street. And it's everywhere. Like, it's so weird. It's just kids are so getting weird. out of high school and they have their pins on public transportation in so San Francisco. Weird, and these kids are just on their way home sharing their pen with each other. And crazy. Shit. And I'm just like, wow. It's crazy. Crazy to me, yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's really great too, though, because I, I can remember specific conversations uh, have that I had with my older brother. I'm I'm 36 now, and I can remember uh, being 20, having conversations with him about the legalization of uh, of marijuana and uh, and the legalization of gay marriage. And I can recall him several times saying, "We won't see it in our lifetime. We won't see it in our lifetime." And the fact that we already are is that's that's progress to me. Yeah, you know that's great. Um, and I, I think you'll probably see a lot more of that happening pretty soon with other drugs. So but crazy. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Now, now that being said, though, I also think that there, I, I think that there should be some regu- regulations for sure because uh, that those, especially when you're talking about mushrooms, uh, that stuff can get away from you pretty quickly. Yeah, it's definitely not and for everyone. Can, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Not, definitely for somebody on a, on a certain path mm-hmm. and at a certain. Point yeah. in your life, yeah. I feel like you can introduce stuff like that, but mm-hmm. until then, uh, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think that would be anything that would ever be forced on anyone, anyways. So I think you kind of would have to be in that place in your life where you'd be open to such a thing. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms is not attractive unless you're like you're you're looking for such an experience. Yeah, uh, you're seeking it for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're talking about because you're just gonna hold on to that roller coaster and good <laughs> luck, man. If, if you're not ready for that one, too. yeah, yeah. yeah they're talking about a, an experiment like the Skinner box with the uh, with the mouse. And if you put food and cocaine 
on a lever, that mouse is going to go to the food once, and then as soon as it goes to that cocaine, yeah. it's going to keep tapping that cocaine. But tap, there's tap, a tap, reason tap, for tap. that. So yeah. they looked at that, right? And mm-hmm. what they found was that they put those those rats with in, nothing else to do in yeah, one exactly. plastic box with someone standing there staring at them mm-hmm. with a pen in their hand, right? Could you imagine not being stressed out in such a situation, yeah. bro? Give me the coke. You're like <laughs> I don't even do coke. I would be so bored in a glass box with someone just staring at me. I would rather you know mm-hmm. have some kind of stimulant than what. And so what they did was they made we talk about this all the time you know Sean was going to have some good points on this too because we've actually had this discussion last week is that they they took um, all those those rats and they put them in what they would essentially be like rat heaven like a healthier so, environment so they gave them things mm-hmm. to do they gave them all the stuff they could climb on they put them in a social environment with other rats the rats could have sex that was another big one and all those rats that were a part of that social environment barely ever left touched the cocaine <laughs> they didn't touch it so there was meaning that's one of the that was one of the 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 prop the, i should say the standing points of the portugal um situation was because if there were other social um programs in place then maybe the rats the, the people because they are com- we are compared to rats so mm-hmm. often when it comes to testing of this nature right yeah. but how do you do that with like f- ethically scientifically like ethic ethics um wise how do you how do you put that into practice but with the rats apparently man they like if they had good things to do and good, so, strong social structure, they didn't even touch Don't the drugs. The Isn't that weird? That's pretty weird, man. Yeah. But they would hit the psilocybin once and yeah. say, oh, I'm good. <laughs> no, they you just have a bunch of rats staring off into nowhere. <laughs> all the science is like, what are they looking at? They got all their information and they're good. God, man, they're looking at God. They're rubbing their faces on the, on the screen. Dude, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, but I mean, there is, there's definitely, um, from from the minimal experience that I've had from from dealing with psychedelics, uh, it if you're open to it, it'll change you yeah. for sure. You'll you'll catch some information that you didn't know for sure that you either needed yeah, or that you already had. You know, so yeah, it can be. Uh, you know, in in my experiences, like it's it's recreational up into a certain point. And then after that, it just turns you into in, in your inner self. Mm-hmm. You start diving into like your your growth. You know, yeah, it, if it almost forces you in a sense to look at yourself for what you are, mm-hmm. good or bad, or and everything in between. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like self dissecting. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great for the, in the long run. I think for yeah, everyone. Well, well, what I always wondered it was if it's cutting. Is it cutting off parts of uh, of my brain that um, that cloud other parts, or is it or is it adding I, I think parts it just, to it as well? I think does just, that make sense? Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it, it does. Um, I think it makes. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. About a fist, uh, bro. <laughs> Rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think it just uh, gets you. It, it, it rewires your brain. It rewires mm-hmm. things that you have problems with. You know. Um, you you have new insights about after after you after you hit the psychedelics yeah <laughs> you do the psychedelics it seems like yeah yeah and uh, yeah but it's a journey it's a journey it's just not you do it and then the next day you're you're good you know it it, it sets you on this path this mm-hmm. unique journey um, and it's it's not always pretty you know in a <laughs> yeah <sense>. for sure <laughs> it's yeah it's different. different it's different yeah. for definitely everybody. have to own it you have to own it for yeah, sure yeah. but I I and I know that <clears throat> Sean and I. Are Come like completely agree on this, um, just because I can speak from my own personal experience, and I know this might rock a lot of people who know nothing about psychedelics, and this might rub you really wrong. But it's 
seriously improved me as a, as a human being as far as like how I hold myself, how I treat other people, what I value. Um, it just completely changed me. I have, I have really seen myself in different lights because of doing uh, psychedelics. Mm. And I've seen that I've, I've had some broken um, belief systems because of psychedelics. And it, it was just... Such as? Um, I had a really strong, very, very crazy strong um, DM treat D-trip once. Okay. And um, I... I've never done that, by the way. I've had a few... Like, he's had some heavy experiences. I've done it really... I, I've done it maybe six or seven times. And two of the times were deeply, deeply profound, life-changing, life-shattering. I'm going to write a book on that stuff one day. Yeah. But um, I completely, completely changed my views on um, what I was taught about women. That was a big one. That really? Like really it shattered what I... Can you give my, me examples? <clears throat> I mean, not to make this too much about that one subject, you know, yeah. not to like go on too much of a, of a side story, but um, I, I didn't... There's, there's something in DMT where they talk about like meeting the mother, right? And there had to do with a, a second birth. So they often talk about that because DMT, if you're not aware of this, it's released when you are born. So mm. right upon you having being born, it is dumped into your brain, okay? And it also happens right before you die. It's dumped into your brain. It's completely there on its own. And, it, and it's, it's manufactured. I don't know if it's manufactured for the pineal gland or if it's, if it's secreted through other, like, other glands. I'm not sure exactly. But, um, so what ended up happening was I was in a dark room. Uh, I, was, I started having all these geo, you know, my eyes were closed. I'm just watching geometric patterns. And I'm, I'm seeing visuals of um, certain colors and geometric patterns. And kind of got this idea of what you focus on, you create. And so I started seeing this gear, this... This, it had cogs, you know, and it was like a geometric shape and it was, it was red and black and it started changing colors I didn't like. And as I focused on what I didn't like, it propagated and it got bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger to the point where I started feeling really uncomfortable and having a lot of anxiety. And I think that's what a lot of people who haven't done psychedelics see that and they have a bad trip, you know. But if you have mental stability in these areas, you can be like, dude, you've been through something like this before. Keep, you know, this, it's it's going to last 10 minutes. You, you don't flip. You're cool, right? Yeah, or a lifetime. Yeah, well, and it ended up it ended up staying with me. So, anyways, I heard a female voice say say uh, call my name, and I was just like, she says, you, if you want to get out of here, you got to really want it. And I was like, okay, I want it. And she's like, you can't just say you want it. You got to really want it. And I'm having this voice come to me. I don't know where the hell it's coming mm-hmm. from. Well, remember um, Kill Bill when she's it's that scene where she got into that that wagon the pussy wagon yeah. right after she like you know crawled out, there. out of there and she's like all you got to do is wiggle your big toe right so i i remember that scene for some reason i was just like i'm gonna just keep saying i really want it i really want it i really want it i really so i get pulled into this blackness and i get terrified like absolutely pitch black i get terrified i slip right back into the room i don't want to be in in my head and i start i fear hits me again and panic hits me and i hear her go baby baby calm down calm down if you really want it, you really want it. Okay. So I go, I want it, I want it, I want it. And I must have been doing this for a while. And this is all internal, by the way. Mm-hmm. I slide back into the darkness. What's your, what's your external environment? Like, are you surrounded I was by actually, friends? I was are you with, with someone you trust? I was with one friend I trust uh-huh. on the beach. Okay. Out in Miramar Beach. Not too far from here. Maybe about two miles from here. Mm-hmm. There's no one out on the beach. 
And it was literally like had a blanket. So I'm like just going to lay down and, and try. We're having spiritual moments here. We weren't doing this for, just for recreational. We were, we were trying to dive deep. It was more of a meditation thing for mm-hmm. us. We were looking for some answers. You know? Well, I don't think anybody goes into DMT and be like, let's get yeah. fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to go. We're going to go. I'm going to do DMT. We hear these experiences of people. They're like, oh, man, I just took it at the bar. Why would I want to do that? It only lasts 15 minutes. And it's like, bro, because you're doing it at the bar. Why would you even want to do that? Yeah. Sounds like a nightmare. So, and anyway, what ended up happening is I'll try, I'll try and cut it down. But it, I, after hitting the darkness, I literally get s- slammed into blue, green, violet, purple, these beautiful earthly colors. And it was like being um, wrapped in blankets that obviously didn't exist. It was almost like a liquid, like I was laying in plants or something. And the, I literally had a, a feeling, and I never heard this term before, but like the great mother, I, I believe I completely experienced that. Um, she, she told me that, my meditation was the right way, that me trying to be a better person, this self-evolution that I've been aiming for is the right path, not to be so hard on myself. Um, we're all brothers and sisters. You know, I need to be connected to the, to my brothers and sisters. It was almost like Mother Earth was holding me. It wasn't like my mom holding me after birth. It was like everybody's mom just took a second for me. Mm-hmm. And it was v- deeply profound, profound for me. But it also, that implies though, and then this is going to be weird, but that also implies that the great spirit is not necessarily and not only male. It implies that there is a spirit or something, a, a mother. There is a female presence and female is just as heavy or lighter, however you want to, you know, whatever term you want to use. It's, ju- it's just as balanced and just as needed as the male. Mm-hmm. And my father was not a womanizer, but just wasn't, you know, he had some bad experiences with my mother, bad experiences. With, and he just had some very negative self-talk, very negative projections on females. And after that, having that, well, that was a female energy. I just, I see now, I saw that motherly instinct that I felt. I could see it in other women taking care of their kids, women taking care of their boyfriends, um, women taking care of people they don't know. You just see that same spirit. And it just... It's almost like I can be, I'm reminded of that energy. And so when you look at things that maybe you're not so fond of, there's often that, that other beautiful side of it that, you know, especially with being a male, women can get to you. You know what I mean? Like vice versa, right? If you're a female, men can get to you. And just to remember the positive sides of those other people and not just look at the negative attributes. There was a lot of things that went into that, but mm-hmm. that was just one of the things that like it completely changed me. So upon like, <laughs> did you write that? Did you write it down afterwards, or is this just you recalling your experience? Um, I have enough friends that are into psychedelics that we exchange our stories enough like this. Okay. So I guess I kind of had some practice on going through the order of things. Uh-huh. I've never written it down. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've because I wish I would have written down some of my <clears throat> experiences with with either uh, acid or mushrooms. You know, mm-hmm. I could see why. I mean, because you feel like it's you want to hold on. You to got it. it right, and then it just it's fleeting. Yeah. But you know, I find we talked <laughs> about this LSD before. You know, sometimes you think about LSD and you're like, oh man, and then you can't even write it down because you're just going through so much. Yeah, you yeah, can't. You're, you're already. On you can the get next like thing. three words into writing a, a word <laughs> in a sentence or whatever, and you're like, I'm stuck. I forgot what I was. Yeah. Going. Too much sensory overload. Mm-hmm. You know, there's too much going on. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting to go on those internal journeys because I don't think that you understand how fucking amazing you are mm, yeah, until right. you get to do so, and how fucking amazing human beings are. Like we are fucking amazing yeah. and nobody seems to know. And they also seem to like forget that about themselves because society is so 
what it is, you yeah. know, and you're always pictures of someone looking better than you or, or looking what you think to be better than you, <laughs> but it's just your own little issues that you're dealing with, yeah. you know? Um, I think that psychedelics yeah. has helped me see through a lot of that bullshit too, you know? So I think there's some good things there. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I've, it's, it's really crazy cause I, I've not, I mean, it's probably been close to a decade since my, since my last experience w- with anything psychedelic or, or really anything that, that could be considered a hard drug really. Um, <clears throat> not that I've considered those hard drugs, but just that, that whole realm, mm-hmm. um, of that and and for a good reason like i felt like i i felt like i that i got what i was looking for out of it you know like mm-hmm. i definitely definitely had some perspective change cool. um and all that but it's getting to the point now to to where my life is so busy and i'm and i'm getting so caught into the uh, like i've been sucked in back into like the, the typical work your ass off provide for you and your family Get get a reliable car. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but but I just I really want to be careful about how I do it um, uh, because I'm also I'm also a lot more in tune with myself now as Mm -hmm. as far as my mental state and I'm more honest about that too. Like I I know I know where my flaws are. So is that going to be amplified? No, well, maybe. Who fuck? Who knows? Right? Yeah, but you might. You might be. You might be like again. They might. You might hear something like, "Man, stop being so hard on yourself, man. It's yeah, day yeah. by day. We're all trying mm-hmm. to figure this out." No, yeah. human. I always tell him, man, being a human being is not easy. Mm. It's not easy, man. We're we're in a weird place in the food chain. It's like we have this weird feeling, like we know we're not the top of the food chain because if we didn't have the this, this like the tools and we didn't take over the world, I mean, you drop us in the middle of the forest and there's a jaguar. We're we're deep shit. We're not, yeah. you know. So there's just still this anxiety lingers from that. I think, you know, and there's just like this still feeling of like fight or flight because yeah. you're trying to make your life and it's not easy, you know. And we were doing our own thing. I guess you'd say that society was built before you got here. You just got dropped in and had to play by the rules. Yeah. You know, and until you build enough resources, you can't change much, you know. So, you know, there's always. Yeah. How about you, man? Have you had any profound experiences? Um, like- yeah, quite a few, honestly. Um, not in not in a, not a little while. Um, when I was really getting into it a couple years ago, um, when I did five and a half hits uh, LSD mm-hmm. and then Woo! smoked DMT on t- at the peak of the peak. Oh, of wow. It was, it was super crazy. What do they call that? <laughs> Is there a name so for that? That's so ballsy, dude. That's so ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we crazy were, to come we back were, a guru. We were going super hard. <laughs> we're going to move to India after that one, bro. <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> a wizard in the making. Change your last name to Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Um, so, like, my experiences, you know, I got introduced to it, and uh, I was lucky, you know, always had, like, a, a really good, like, uh, feel when it came to, like, your surroundings and stuff like that. It was always zenful, everything from, like, we experienced, like, even now, Tony and I, you know, we play videos, you know. It's always on the, the natural side of things, though, like, nature and like, mm-hmm. music that's in tune with our, with our like, with our being, which happens to be 432, if anybody wants to, it was interesting. Megahertz, hurts. Megahertz. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, Pink Floyd. Time is that that yeah. the dark side of the moon is done in 432 hertz, and it that music just goes, it just comes right into you. There's no like, there's no uh, what would you call it? Uh, I, if I can, it, yeah, so yeah. for people who don't know what the difference is between the hertz is. 
it's so if you do 428, that's what everything on the radio is. Or 440. Is, was it 440? 40. I know the 420 well. is another one. Four, 440 and 480, I believe. Right? They're, they're work frequencies. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you shoot that at water, it'll remake the same pattern, right? But when you, and, and if, you, if you hit a bow to a, a, you know, like a certain frequency bow onto a plate of metal covered with sand, it will form a geometric pat- mm-hmm. pattern, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do it at 432, it has its very own, its very own sacred geometry for that. And what they find is oftentimes that's a healing frequency. It actually gives you a sense of calm. It lowers anxiety. It lowers stress. This isn't, you can look it up on, on not, and I know it's stupid. Don't look it on YouTube because you need to believe it. You can see it. Um, I read a book once called Quadrivium. If you're ever into it, it's very interesting. It relates yeah. sound, mathematics, astrology, <clears throat> and geometry. And it shows how the numbers all correlate. And then, you know, they go through things of like, well, there's 12 months in a year, but there's 12 notes in a scale. There's 12 disciples. Uh, so technically the coming of Christ would be the number 13. Well, the 13th, it's the beginning of the new year. The 13th is the beginning of a new musical scale. Mm. It just re, it re shows. And it's so weird that that's the case, but technically 13 is an unlucky number. I don't get that. It's the yeah. rebirth. It's a beautiful thing. There's all these correlations to it in numerology. Um, but that's where that information comes from. And it's based off the idea that sounds hold power and that your words are actually spells and speaking, speaking truth, causing certain sounds. There's a reason why, people cringe at a certain frequency of sound or certain words yeah, are like very moist. strong and sharp. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking more like, you know, when you say the word like fuck, it's real sharp, mm. it's, you know, cunt. That's a hard, sharp word, mm. you know, but love is real nice and soft. Yeah. It's got a tone to it, you know? Um, yeah. And so he just speaking under that, that we actually try to like, he'll pull up videos or, or, or tracks that we know that are those frequencies and we'll sit there and try to absorb it. But we're weirdos, man, because not only do we do this stuff, but like for like, <laughs> we'll, we'll sit in complete Dude, darkness like, and I'm not even trying to like rat on us, but two <laughs> weeks ago we, we decided to do some, some lizard and, uh, which is LSD if you know, mm. and, um, we were literally like, all right. So, uh, this was after we actually made this, this appointment to do this with you guys. So we turned off the, <laughs> all that are on is like a couple of salt lamps in the room, you know? And he's like way on the other side of the couch. And I'm like in my own little like, l- like want to be Lotus posture or whatever. And I was like, bro, you want to just turn off everything, like turn off the lights, turn off the music and just sit here and see how long we can just like meditate while on this. Yeah. And it was like a good 30, 35 minutes yeah. of not a noise, not a blink, not a, we st- it's, both of us felt like we stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, so to be able to like subject yourself to that, how many people do you even, do you know that can sit in a dark room and not move for 30 minutes by themselves? Anyways, I I do it for ninety yeah. minutes at a time when I go to Float Brothers. See that's but see that's a that's a good example. Yeah. But there's there's like not a lot of people can do that. Uh-huh. And that's I think like, that that takes practice. You have to me. work up to ninety minutes. You know that's uh, that's the same thing in meditation. But it's just like I don't know anybody who would take something of that nature and be like, well, let's just sit in, in the dark and just control our breathing. Yeah. You know, so it, that's why I say we're weirdos because so, a lot of people would be like, dude, you guys are crazy. You know, and it's like, no, but it's really a spiritual thing for mm-hmm. us. It's not really, it's like trying to learn ourselves, I guess. Yeah. It's like self-awareness, trying to get better. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, it's a, like the scientist's microscope, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. Oh. Get a good. I like that. We like that a lot. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it is. well, for me also, like, I feel like there's a stigma that comes with it too. Cause then like you being in the, in the music business as well, like you go to some of these festivals and shit. Uh, it's oh kid like, I ate, oh. I ate 12, hit to acid last <laughs> night, hit some Deemsters, <laughs> you know, Deemsters. whatever. And you're just like, why? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, they're, they're using it for the wrong, wrong reasons. I believe yeah. it's all, it's all for the external, like, uh, 
the which can still be an enjoyable reason to definitely to utilize definitely. it. Yeah, it's yeah, just you know, taking twelve hits or yeah, something dude. like that. It's like, <laughs> just, just, just go spend Why? some time with yourself. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like that's like trying to eat a five hits. I was at home. I was at home. There's no way I'd be. There's yeah, no way yeah. I would be. I feel like we got derailed from you. From yeah, that. I'm sorry. So sorry. Let's let's get Shut back to your five, five hits in the bathtub. Five hits in the glass of red wine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to go out? Until <laughs> <laughs> I start my morning. <laughs> Just a couple of drops in the coffee, you know? Sorry, I just left you guys hanging on that. Yeah, no, it's always been at a house with Mm. some of my closest friends. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very comfortable. I mean, as comfortable as it can be. Um, When you start it, we call it it the climb because you just get anxiety. I personally want to, like, lash out and roar like a tiger or a lion (laughs) or something. I don't even know. It's just, like, this, like, overwhelming, like, I don't know. Um... But yeah, always that I, I I feel like what you bring to it as like looking at it kind of as a ritual in mm-hmm. a sense. What you bring to it is equally important. You know, the people you have around you, your surroundings. Um, me personally, I definitely don't want high me. You know, like EDM music blaring in my in my ears or anything like that. I just I I couldn't even. You can barely you can barely keep your thoughts anyways while on it it's kind of you're just enjoying the ride and then the after effects are where you get your your uh, your enlightenment mm-hmm. and sense or awareness and stuff like that but um yeah just what you bring into is like is one of the most important things too yeah and uh, knowing that you're ready too <laughs> yeah did yeah. you ever try the salvia extract when they used to have that no i never got into anything like that 50x like shit that. i yeah. did that you did? Sucked. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's the most intense. You can't even compare it to mushrooms or acid. Really? Oh, what is it exactly? It's you know what? I've, I've not I've not done DMT, but I would assume that from what I've heard people, the way I've heard people describe DMT, like this 50x salvia type stuff, is very similar to yeah, what I've had yeah. described. Is it a, from like I've seen my too. friend, I've seen my friend have a full on conversation with God. Really? Well, yeah. Well, with the DMT, I like to you know anybody that's interested, I'm I'm not afraid to tell them like there's a sense of no control Mm -hmm. you don't get to you don't get to pick like with with like certain psychedelics like mushrooms or lsd you can kind of deter your mind anything Mm -hmm. that you do or don't want to deal with at the moment dmt is there to let you know that you it's not up to you like i mean well it's it's almost immediate ego dissolution yeah 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 and that's how that's how the salvia was as well like you don't even you don't even know that you're a human (laughs) And there's no running from it. Mm-hmm. There's no running no. from it. You gotta, oh you gotta ride that no. one out, man. You gotta ride that one out. <laughs> yeah, of course. The more you not. try to hold on, it actually yeah. makes it. It makes it worse. It, yeah. It's like the bil- and that's one thing I think you learn from it is the to ability let to let go. Mm-hmm. Let go. Yeah. Because it's so easy to want to hold on to who you think you yeah. are and your beliefs and like, no, this is what I am. It's like, nah, man, that's what you are in your own head. But if you ask anybody of your friends, they'd probably tell you you're a different person. <laughs> Each than one what you think you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to get that that. You know, just a nice perspective, I think. But mm-hmm. Sean's definitely got some. He's got some good words for it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I love it though. I love it. I think everyone should at least try it once in their yeah. life. Shane, you gonna do DMT ever? Oh, the DMT. I don't know about DMT. That one might. But LSD or mushrooms. I feel like everybody should try that. Yeah. Yeah. Never do salvia. That salvia. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get into that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's around anymore. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't it was legal though. That was what was crazy. <laughs> it was legal. Like, the reason we tried it, the reason why me and my friend tried it was because we couldn't find weed. 
Yeah. Crazy. So we were like, they had really? the salvia stuff Whoa. at the head shop. And I was like, okay. And we packed it up in a bowl. And I was like, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I, I, actually, so you're talking about the fake, the fake weed, pretty it's much. Not, no, 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 that's fine. Oh, okay. they, they used to sell salvia, and it was like the size of like a half dollar. This little container, and on the back it would say like 50x, 60x, and it's an extract. So Weird. it was 50 times the potency of salvia. Whoa! And it was so you you put it oh, in okay. a. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. All right, and go just to a completely different place. That. For like two minutes. Yeah, it's quick. It's very quick. It's quick, and then you felt like shit for like 12 hours. Drive-by. Oh, really? That's what I say about DMT. You know, it's that drive-by disillusion, you know? It's like drive-by head trip. You know, it's like 15 (laughs) minutes, and you come back like, I've seen some shit, man. And you're like, nah, bro, you've just been in that recliner with your eyes closed giggling for for 15 minutes, you know? (laughs) My buddy was like, bro, like he told me this. That time on the beach, he's like, bro, you were literally, you curled up into a ball, and you were crying and laughing at the same time. You were yeah. crying like a baby with a smile on your face. And I was just like, I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I get it. But it's like, dude, he's like, dude, you know, you, and it's funny because you come out of that and you have to ask people who were like, because oftentimes when you do DMT, you don't all do it together at once. Usually yeah. somebody's like, all right, I'm going to make sure you're cool. Mm-hmm. We're all great friends. Like you're going to go run into the water. Yeah, no, we're mm-hmm. not doing Someone's going to sit there and make sure you're cool, you know, yeah, and, yeah. um, because some people obviously lose their shit, and you just need to remind them, hey, man, this is only going to last 10 more minutes. You're fine. This isn't like LSD. It's not going to last five hours. Mm. This is just real quick. But it's that, it's that drive-by head trip. It'll catch you slipping real fast. <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you know that you're still a human? I mean, I don't think that that's, I don't think that being connected to being a human is, I think that it's your consciousness and what you're seeing, you know. I think you, that, but like, do you realize that you're, you, that you're a, a mind and a body when, no. I think being no, is way better. Yeah. Way, it's consciousness desc- describing. I think, that, I don't think that it's a, a physical thing so much. Yeah. Like, did you still know that you were Tony? I lost. Like during it. No, I literally, it, it, there's a couple instances there where you realize that you, you as Tony doesn't matter. Mm. You know, you're connected to your... Uh, For, like, like an example, though, even when you're on acid, you can still look at your hands and be like, this is me. Mm-hmm. You still know you I don't you. even think it comes to you mind, know? actually. Yeah, I don't think yeah. those types of thoughts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like well, self. And just because the ego's gone. Yeah. Or um, you're fighting with it. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. But you're looking at it as... That's what's fighting. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it as opposite of you. You're not looking at it as as this is me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times I've, I, he and I both have laughed. I laugh at myself. So I've taken mushrooms a couple of times and look at how hard I am on myself. Like I'm watching myself, my thoughts and the, you know, that higher self within, you know, um, is laughing at that ego being like, thoughts. well, I'm this and I'm that. And the, the, the <laughs> observer is like, dude, you're fucking hilarious. Here you go again, thinking you're all special, thinking that, you yeah, know, right? you control things and it's just funny. And so sometimes, even to this day, I'll giggle at myself because I can observe my ego mm-hmm. on, a, on a rampage. Mm-hmm. And it just allows me to dis, dis, like disassociate from it yeah. and realize that it's... Sometimes well, and that's probably what, how you learned that lesson. Yeah, and you could t- I like to tell her to shut up, too. I go, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. You know, I know it's, it doesn't sound like a schizo, but it's also like, you know, the, I think a lot of people look at the whole like angel and devil on the shoulder. There's a time where you can just be like, well, just shut up. I don't need you in my ear right now. I want to be the observer. I want to experience this and enjoy the moment and not worry about tomorrow or yesterday. It's all about the moment. And I can lose myself as Tony and be a part of of whatever it is that we are as a human race and look at people like, hey, man, it's not all about me right now. Like, how's everybody doing? You know, it's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. But some of us, I mean, some people don't need that ego lift. Some people are just good people that don't have that. They just didn't learn that. Mm, But I've met people like that. I've met people who just didn't, 
just didn't have the the ego that a lot of us a lot of other people have. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was tamed in a sense, you know. There's a well can't get rid of the ego. It's about balancing it. Yeah, yeah. balancing it. Keep yeah, it check. It's funny when like people that. talk about it because a lot like a lot of people who talk most about that are some of like the most egotistical fucks of, like mm-hmm. I've ever met, and it's mm-hmm. like, bro. Like you, like you. Wait, you really don't think you have an ego, <laughs> right? Well, no, I, yeah. I, and I think we speak more um, from like the Carl Jung, like really, because we're quite into philosophy, both mm-hmm. he and I. So, like more of that, the idea of looking at the ego as maybe even your dark side, and having a conversation with it, and not running from it and acting like it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but starting to build a rapport where the conversation it's a different conversation. So, for instance, this is stupid, super small example. I used to be running on treadmill as a fat kid because used to be a fat kid. And I'd be risking myself, talk to myself like my football coaches would talk to us. Come on, bitch. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> this doesn't quit, hurt you, pussy. Quit being a pussy. You know what I mean? And I'm talking to myself like that. And then the more you listen to, like, professional sports coaches, they don't say stuff like that. They say, let's go, champ. Yeah. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. And they say, they say like, you want to be the man, you got to be the man. You want to be the man, you got to be the man. Those are different ways of speaking to yourself. Yeah. And you can build that rapport once you start having that conversation with the ego and being like, look, man, I know that I have to deal with this dark side of myself or this egotistical side of myself, but let's, let's start bridging the gap here. Let's start making a, a team effort. And I'm not – I don't know. Not everybody – knows what we're talking about, they think that that voice in their head is always their own. And mm. I think that people who actually start playing with some of these psychedelics start realizing that sometimes that voice is completely against you and vain. Mm. And sometimes it's not the right thing to listen to because it might have been a voice of things you learned that you need to unlearn. Mm. It's just yeah. habits, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough to figure out. Extremely. Um, I know I mentioned anxiety anxiety a little bit to y'all earlier. I think that's just a common problem. I think everyone has has a deal with that sometime or another. But I recently just had a almost like a minor breakthrough with it the other day. I was I was on my way to a job and I was just super busy. I was exhausted and all that, and I started to get real anxious. And most of the time, when I would start to get anxious, I would battle it right there. I'd be like, you know, fucking go. What what's the quickest thing I can do to make this go away? And I was like, no. Fuck that. This is why you're still alive, dude. Like this is this is it. Mm-hmm. So so grab a hold of this fucker. You're gonna ride this until yeah, it's yeah. gone mm-hmm. and utilize it. Use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Like you're about to go into this office, you're about to fuck all these people up mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so so rather than <laughs> so rather than me just recognizing it, being like, okay, let's, you know, because a lot of times in a meditative state, if a thought comes into your head, it's really powerful, especially if it's a negative thought, to to just see it as a negative thought. Let it, it go. Aside. Yeah, let it go. move it aside and keep going. So that's what I would try to do with my anxiety, but I just I couldn't I couldn't break it. I couldn't do with that. So now I, I just have a different viewpoint of it. I'm just like, this. Well, this is here whether you like it or not. So grab a hold of it and utilize it. You know, well, try to use it as a tool. Sometimes, like I feel like sometimes I, I deal with anxiety as well, and uh, sometimes I feel like in my experiences that when you're doing too much, it's your body telling you to cool it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, get back to get back to the basics for a little bit. You know, I uh, I think that I think that everybody owes themselves at least one hour a day to uh, focus on themselves. Yeah. Um, How do you do that? Uh, a lot. Of, I I spend a lot more than one hour a day. Uh, um, but you know, it's 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 you know meditations or self reflection or your passions, something, something that you do fluently with not even having to think, being in that, like, flow state is equally, um, I, I feel, does the same thing as meditation in a certain sense. Um, so, yeah, um, 
there's times when I just have to cool it, you know, when the anxiety-ridden state is too much, and I have to just, you know, take a take a little bit of time for myself and recuperate, and then get back to going what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in my ears, like bartending and stuff, like anxiety runs through me and stress like that. And there's times where I've had to, like, you know, like, <laughs> what? I just love it. I love this, like, this, like. Anxiety just runs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's yeah. so calming. Listening to talk about anxiety, <laughs> I was just like, "Whoa, bro! You sound like you got it down, bro." I know. I'm sitting here <laughs> just like, like screaming, <laughs> "War!" When I suffer from anger and anxiety, <laughs> yeah. it, it gets really bad when I'm bartending. <laughs> like you no, fucking got, you got to figure it out. Oh, dude, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. I know, I know. No, I just try and cool it at times. You know, be be aware of be aware of that anxiety and like what what's actually what what my body's actually calling for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know. But like you said, you know, like sometimes you just gotta eat it. You have anxiety. You don't have time for it. You just gotta whatever you're about to do. Just just get it. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's so funny because he's like like out of the two of us, he's the chill one, right? Like we hang out all the time. It's like like one of my yeah. very best friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like we're he's the way more the chill one, right? I I actually in in the Air Force, um, you know, like I tell everybody this, but uh, I was um, diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So like I had a problem where if someone, for instance, was like going to come to my house, right, and they're like, I'm going to be there at six thirty, right. So at six thirty, I'm like standing at the window looking at the blinds, you know, and then like six thirty five. And then like six forty, and then six forty two, and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm saying it's like I'm like how inconsiderate. Like I I, I you said you're gonna be here at six thirty, and it's six fifty. That's a military. What the thing. fuck, dude? What and then like yeah. start having no, but so no. I, I actually this was something that I had to go to. Um, I had to go to Air Force ordered, uh, generally anxiety course. I was I had to go if mm-hmm. I was gonna stay in the military. Um, I was. They told me I, I went through did a questionnaire. They said you're you're clinically depressed. You know, um, I was going through a bunch of stuff at the time. I was like 23, and you know, you think you got everything locked down. You know, at the time, I didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was that when you first got in? Or? Uh, I was just I just got here. I'd been here for you know, I was I was in the Air Force here for a year and a half, right? And I started watching all these, start talking to a psychiatrist about my anxiety and my issues. And then I started going to this class, and I started learning like some of the things, like, dude, you know, you're looking out the blinds. The, the guy could be in traffic. And so what they ask you is, you know, on the board, how you know this is the scenario. Someone says they're gonna be at dinner at 6:30. They don't show up. It's still, they're not even there at seven. How do you feel? And so everyone goes, well, I feel this way. And they're like, who is like looking out the blinds? Who's sending, who's calling and texting? Who's really angry and hasn't even put their hand out to find out what's going on, you know? And then they go, well, people without anxiety don't do these things. They might just go, oh, I'm sure they got caught up in traffic. If they're 30 minutes late, I'll just give them a call and make sure they're okay. I hope they're okay. Whereas a person with anxiety is like, why would you do this to me? It's all about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're making me have anxiety. Why would you do that? You know I have anxiety. And there's that whole, like, there's that whole meme. Have you ever seen it? It's like, okay, to all my friends with anxiety, I get it, but quit being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so it's funny because that really is true. But what's weird for me is I used, once I got in the military, what do you think I went right to? Music, right? Well, marijuana, bro. I started smoking green like a champ. I was a chimney, right? And I used to trip out on Matt, bro, because I had to smoke like every two hours. And so at the time, Matt was always holding. And I'm like, bro, it's you know, it's smoke time, bro. And he's like, bro, it's two hours, bro. Yeah, we got work to do. I'm like, bro, I got I to gotta get my medicine in, you know? And I watched how I'd start getting upset with him for not sharing with me at the moment. And I'm like, well, that's not his problem. That's mine. 
right? And so starting to deal with that and then always going to green for the answer, mm -hmm. it's still using a crutch. Yeah, yeah, You're still exactly. not sitting there and dealing with it. You're still, I need this thing. And then this, and then that thing has the power over your anxiety. So if I don't have weed, I'm, I'm dying of anxiety, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so then one time I actually find, I finally said, screw it. And I, I went and, and got your own sack. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I bought, I bought enough for a year. <laughs> I start, that's when I started slanging rocks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I started, uh, I started meditating. Like I went out of my way to actually go to a teacher and, and formally learn for like three days how to meditate. And they tell you, you can't drink, you can't smoke for two weeks before you come to my class. No stimulants at all. No coffee. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. And then come here and learn for four hours a day for three days or whatever. And, yeah. And I went and did that and um, immediately saw a huge change in not only that, my behavior. And so it was like after a while, I'd be like, you know, I, I get a pub. And I know you know what I'm talking about. You ever stand in a bar, guys, and like you have no place to put your arms. And there's always someone walking around you. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of always feel like you're in the way. Yeah, you're like, I got to get out of here. I just got to get yeah, out of here. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. gives me anxiety, like a champion, you know. And so I was in, a, I was in Duck Tuck, right? And there's this old cat there. He's like 60 years old. He's by himself. And I'm standing there doing my little dance, trying to get around everybody, like in the same spot where they walk around me. It's all awkward. I'm getting anxiety. And he's like, you all right, man? I don't know this guy. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, man, it's, my anxiety's flaring up really bad right now. And he's like, okay, I just, just, you know, I'm not to be rude to you or anything, but you know, that's just in your head, right? And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, that's just all in your head, right? It doesn't exist. You just, you're doing it to yourself. And I'll just, you know, he's my elder. Like, I don't, I don't shrug things off like that because I don't even care how, what his IQ is. There's wisdom there, right? There's life experience. So he said that and I was kind of like, and the shit haunted me for like a year. So every time I'd have anxiety, I'd have this dude in my head going like, you know, you're just doing this to yourself, right? And all of a sudden, man, the anxiety kind of started just letting up. And I mean, with meditation, mm -hmm. I mean, I still do meditation, you know, and I still smoke. But I don't smoke nearly like I used to. I don't yeah. have to. It's not a crutch anymore. Like, I can do it. You know, it's more of a, you know, enjoyment thing. Yeah. It started to cause me more anxiety. Right? And that's what I think is the weird hook of it. It's like yeah. the thing you're using for medicine actually starts causing the, the, yeah. the, the, the symptom issue. in the first place. Mm -hmm. Or I should, you know, yeah. So it's just interesting because I think you give anything that much power over you, you're going to run into some of those issues, yeah. you know? But yeah, I, I think that anxiety is a weird animal because you can catch yourself. But I started learning things like, all right, well, like, so they'd say, oh, you know, you feel anxiety right now. Like, what are you doing with your chest? Where's your chest at? What do you mean? Like, well, it's, re it's really high. Like your shoulders are really high. Your chest is really high. It's like, man, take some real slow, deep breaths. I know that sounds stupid, but you'll watch your shoulders start to drop. Yeah. And now it's like, how, how well are you breathing with your chest that high? Not real good. You're holding all these muscles. You're like in a flexed fight or flight position, ready to make a move mm -hmm. when you're just sitting there in a lobby somewhere reading a magazine. That doesn't <laughs> make sense, you know? And so that flight response, the fight or flight response is what I try to take care of now by taking some deep breaths and going, dude, you're not on the Serengeti. There's not a lion over that bush. You're cool, yeah. bro. Relax, you know? Because that's what our, the mechanisms come from. Mm -hmm. You know, they come from our evolution. People with anxiety lived longer because they were paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just yeah. true, man, you know? It's funny you mentioned the time thing, though, because, I mean, like, being on tour and being a tour manager, like, That's when I... That's the worst. I feel so I bad for you guys, dude, because <laughs> musicians are not... They're not on... They don't care about... Dude, I've had so many musicians be like, they're on island time, or they're yeah. like, bro, we get there when we get there, bro. I'm yeah. like, well, we're going to no. be an hour late. Like, you know, oh, bro, no yeah. big deal, whatever. Actually, can we stop? And we have a joke in the band. Like, we were running so late. We were driving 15 hours to North Carolina to play this big festival. We had to load in and play two shows in one day. We were rushing to get up there. And 
<laughs> we had like 30 minutes before we were supposed to be there and we barely got there. And one of the guys was like, hey, man. And he was stressing everybody out. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We get there. And he goes, you guys want to go to Quiznos? <laughs> and we're like, what? How did you just go for 15 hours? Of, we got to make it to being like, well, now that we're here, we can go to Quiznos. No, we don't have time for Quiznos. <laughs> it's a joke between the whole band. We'll honestly just be like, hey, you guys want to go to Quiznos real quick? And, and everybody gets that you... That, that we're, or your priorities aren't right. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's pretty. Cool. Well, for me, I'd be like, I'd be like, yo, bus, bus, bus call. Van calls at eight o'clock, and if if someone's at eight twenty still isn't at the van, I'm flipping the fuck out. But not that because that's disrespecting your band Without to me. Without, you know, so but you're dealing with some of the biggest egos in the world. <laughs> Musicians are some of the biggest egos in the world, and it's like it's like you know, I think I, I was that guy too. And God, did I waste a lot of energy. Mm. I, I gave them a lot of my happiness by being like, bro. You're, you're cold shouldering the whole group of guys, dude. All these guys do all these things for you, and you showing up 30 minutes is a big fuck you to everybody who's mm -hmm. doing all this yeah. and setting this all up so you can have the life you want. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is show up and play. And the only thing, I, other thing I need to do is to get up on time. Yeah. And, dude, you find yourself fighting. You're climbing a burning rope. It's just not going to work out. Well, you have to depend so heavily on other individuals mm -hmm. to do the proper thing. Sprockets and cogs, man. It's crazy. Yeah, we all need each other when yeah. you're trying to get that machine moving, man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's different. I feel bad for tour managers, though. Bless every any. Mm -hmm. If there's a tour manager listening, bless your hearts, bro. <laughs> bless your hearts. You are you are literally babysitting kittens. Like these, these <laughs> you, they're like what is it, Hunter? I know Hunter said probably told you, but Hunter and I have a term for it. It's called man babies. You're taking care of all these man babies, bro. <laughs> Nobody can take care of themselves. This guy comes walking out of the the hotel with one shoe on and doesn't know where his wallet is from last night and, then, <laughs> and this one's all pissed off at this one and this one's half sick and needs your you know it's like always something you know well yeah I remember when you all first started when Harry just started there was like 80 y'all yeah and I was like how do they do that how do they function? Right. Uh, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm having a hell of a time with four of these We didn't people. know what a mistake we were making <laughs> until people started dropping like flies. We went down to five guys within like three or four years. Yeah. Right? Were, lost, you guys, lost. were you guys requesting more money or y'all just... Oh, no. We kept, it, we, kept the dollar, we kept the dollar amount the same and just dro dudes were just dropping out of the band so the paychecks were going up. Mm -hmm. You know, right, but right, it's... Yeah. It, it just, you know, with bands, it's such a different dynamic that people have their own life priorities and you never know what's going to take them in one direction or the next. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes ha like having a kid makes them want to work their butts off in music. Mm -hmm. and sometimes having a kid makes them just want to leave music in the dirt. It really depends yeah. on the individual. Well, and also, you know how much it means to you and how much you care. Mm -hmm. And then you really have to trust that those other people are feeling that same way. The sacrifices you're making yeah. even, you know, yeah. to be a tour manager and be mm -hmm. in a van. You know, I don't think that people are like, yeah, man, rock stars. You're like, no, man, I live in a van <laughs> with four other people. And we drive like we drive all over the place. And most of the time, a lot of times, if we're trying to get to somewhere really quick, like Warp Tour, when we're on Warp Tour, that was the biggest mess ever because you, you had 8 to 12 hours to drive every single night before the next stop, before mm -hmm. the next show. Mm -hmm. So if you're not playing until 5 o'clock or whatever, well, then you, you know, if you're driving yourselves, we didn't have all the, you know, because there's, you can buy your space into a van or like a bus and the whole bus, they drive you. You just got to show up. It's beautiful, right? But you got to have the money for that. Yeah. And we were just like, nah, man, we'll buy more merch. We'll make more money and we'll go on our own. <clears throat> well, at the time we had uh, five dudes and a manager. So that's six dudes. Uh, in a in a fifteen passenger van, which doesn't sound so bad. You can just get um, your own row, right? Yeah, we, well, yeah, you, you have four rows, right? And we that's what we do. We call Two them apartments. We call them apartments. Like, don't go into my apartment, bro. That's my apartment. You know what I mean? So, like, that's your spot. Well, the problem is when you have six people in a vehicle, that means one dude's always driving, and then the other dude's always sitting straight up. 
you can't do that. So you have to trade spots out, mm-hmm. you know? And so you find yourself sleeping in the weirdest damn positions ever, man. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you end up sleeping with a, you know, a double bed and you got three dudes in a double bed, yeah. you know? And they just, that's not the stuff that you see. And you know, that's great when you're 20. But when you're 30, man, you're like, bro, I swear to God, if your dirty socks end up on my pillow one more time, bro, I'm going to flip out, bro. The stuff that's happened, like, I remember one time Matt went in there. He's like, I'm using the bathroom first. Went into the apartment, from the, the, uh, the hotel bathroom, and shaves his whole body. And then he's like, all right, you guys are good. And we go in there like, bro, it's a jungle in here. What were you doing, dude? He's like, oh, dude, I'm seeing this chick tonight. He's like, bro, you sh- could you have shaved after everyone else at least got to use the bathroom, bro? Now everyone's in there like mopping the floor because Matt's like, Bleh. you know, and it's like it's just stuff like that you just don't think about. You know? Well, yeah, and also like I, I'd, I would always try to take shits in the hotel lobby bathroom. Smart, because and like I would hope that the other that the others would see me doing that and like, catch on and like return the favor. Nah, nah, man. Nah, man. <laughs> That's how I feel for Roy too, man. Roy, Roy had to put up a lot of being our manager for a while yeah. on on tour because it's just a lot to deal with, and you know that no one ever likes to talk about how like like the substance abuse on tour, you know, like how there's a lot of temptation. It's Mm. really super easy to want to fall into that MTV dream of partying like a rock star. But if you're going to be a rock star, you better not be partying like that. Mm. It ain't going to work out real well for you. I was pretty lucky with the crew that I was with, man. Yeah. They were were pretty chill on that. I mean, there would be like one night a week where we'd be like, oh, y'all throwing down tonight? Okay. Okay, me too. Like, let's do it. Let's, Let's have a little bit of fun. But for the most part, you're right. You're driving all day. If you catch an hour in a place like to where you can maybe like go rent some bikes real quick and drive around you know ride around downtown mm-hmm. real quick that's all you get yeah everyone's like how is seattle be like, i don't fucking know no, i was in and out of there man. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah straight up the only time we got to do anything like that is we're like when oregon we're in oregon for a month we did like mm-hmm. the west coast for a month mm-hmm. and it's like well now you're staying in people's houses you might have two consecutive gigs in the same city you're actually able to check things out but yeah to like on warp tour we had one of i'm not saying any names he's no longer in the band we had one of our guys um we were playing at one o'clock. It was the last last show of the whole thing, and there was a, a, the guy who owns the Warp Tour at the time was named Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a Kevin Says stage, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so you get on Kevin Says stage because Kevin wants you on the tour, right? And so it's the last big day. Kevin's there, watching, about to watch our show. Well, unbeknownst to us, one of our guys took uh, MDMA, and I don't know how much he took, but it was well before the show because by the time he was on stage, he couldn't play one riff. And not only that, now he's embarrassed because he's standing in front of a large group of people and Kevin, and he's totally screwed it up. So then he starts throwing his instrument around stage out of anger and then proceeds to get in an argument with our manager. And Roy. Roy. In front of everybody at Warp Tour while the rest of the guys in the band were just, let's just keep playing, man. And so we're all like awkwardly like playing music, trying to be like (laughs) happy. And this dude's losing his shit behind us. Why would you take ecstasy at Warp Tour? I don't know, but that's that's my (laughs) point. Like, wait, wait, wait. But mind you, mind you, you know, I get it. You're on tour, right? Like do it afterwards if you really want to do that. I'm not trying to judge you or whatever. However, at one o'clock in the afternoon, you're already like an hour and a half in. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing, man? Couldn't you? Are we Warp Tour, if you don't know this, fellas, it's 30 to 45 minutes set. That's all mm. you need. Just get through this. And it's just, so hot. Just get through yeah. this. But not yeah. only that, though, it's all these other people that are sacrificing, you know, time with their kids. You know, a lot of the guys had kids at the time or the guys in the band had a kid at the time. And so, you know, like Matt's a good example. He's still in, you know, he's got his daughter, Sayla. And there's people making sacrifices to be on that tour. And so then you doing something of that nature just totally, we were like, I tried to talk to Kevin afterwards. He wouldn't talk to me because he was just like, wow. you guys are a hot mess, man. And we just look so bad yeah. um, to him. 
and we were all just we left tour just like hanging our heads because of one guy yeah you know well that and i mean you probably aren't coming back next year well what's funny is we had an opportunity to go again really yeah we had same stage uh yeah it would have been the same stage but wow. um we, we the way it worked out was we were just kind of like you know i don't think everyone's ready for that right now because that's going to be an onslaught like mm-hmm. they wanted us on for the for a good part of the tour and it was a like maybe i would say about two or three years ago and it would have been like two months solid mm-hmm. and i just don't think everyone was ready for that at the time yeah i mean financially that's difficult too because i can't yeah. imagine that you make a lot of money on Warped like tour. four or five hundred dollars a show yeah. yeah i mean that gets you where you want to go well, for us starters you know yeah. us, us guys at the bottom you mm-hmm. know trying to work our way up yeah you know that'll pay for your food and your gas yeah i paid for gas pretty much yeah oh we got one meal a day mm-hmm. uh, off of their tours which cool. and they and give us water right? and all that jazz which yeah. is pretty cool but yeah, there was, that was still a cool experience, you know? It's good to say you did stuff like that. I think that's what's cool yeah. about the living in a van thing with a group of guys yeah. on the tour thing. That part is cool because you look back and you have all these memories. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's not quite what everyone thinks it is. No, no, not close. And it takes more discipline yeah. than, than most people think. It takes more sacrifice than they think. And if you're doing it too long and you're not doing making the right steps, then your steps are still going to lead you nowhere if you're not taking the right steps. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's like that, that whole line is like you make moves, but you just move wrong. You know, you don't want to be that guy who's 50 years old finding out the whole time he was moving wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's always that. Well, there's so many of those times. I know, man. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. It's nerve wracking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, so what's next, man? You're back. I mean, I know the band's still playing a little bit here and there, right? Yeah, we're stepping it up. I got some new tracks. I'm working on... And record uh, again? Yeah, I've been working on music in LA with a couple Mm -hmm. of producers. Um, I like their style and they got some good things going. So I got some things cooking for the band. Um out there and just things are coming to fruition you got to pay the right people and get the masters and all that jazz um but yeah we're kind of using this year to kind of build back up and relabel our brand in the way that we feel is appropriate Mm -hmm. and and take the right moves because like we were saying before the the talk today was like you can go on youtube and release videos and cover so much ground so much more ground than you hitting the pavement and playing shows to get Mm -hmm. your name out there Mm -hmm. it's like better to get your name out on the internet and then hit the pavement to make money you know, because by that time you actually have a fan base somewhat established, you know, we're coming through your town, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I've seen, you know, there's a couple, there's like a, a rapper I follow right now. He's like 19 year old kid from Baltimore and he's like a Jewish kid. And all he has is some videos on YouTube and that has opened up an, an international tour for this kid. Yeah. And he's hitting it. And now he's like in New York on, on Sway and Tech and he's like doing all these big things. And you're like, all this kid did was release a few and they're hot videos. Yeah. And there. He's a talented musician. But he did that through the avenue of... He had to make himself undeniable. Social media, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. Yeah. It's like we anything. Had, we had that formula, you know. Well, it's... It like, wouldn't be special. Like you said, taking time for yourself every day. You know, like that hour of power, if you've ever heard of that. You know, taking one hour for yourself before you get started in the morning to... Yeah. You know, I, just drink coffee and sit there and look at the sunrise or meditate or exercise or ride a bike or go to the beach and sit there. Whatever it is you need to, like, fill your cup before you have to go pour yourself out for other people all yeah. day. Like you know, you got you to gotta do that because only you can fill your cup. Nobody's going to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And so taking that time, I think, is I, me personally, I know he, he kind of wakes up, does his coffee thing. He reads a lot. I, you know, he does, like, um, a lot of stretching and stuff like that just from observing my friends, right? Me, I wake up. I try to meditate for at least 15 to 20 minutes before I even get started. Oftentimes, I like to listen to some positive uh, either philosophy conversation or maybe listen to a good podcast that has some some two guys kind of having a good debate. I like to hear that back and forth and mm-hmm. hearing you know different ideas. And then I like to work out, and I give myself that hour I, like at least two hours a day. I give myself yeah because that's what I need just to be sane 
you know, <clears throat> if I don't do that enough, I start finding. I can be a little bit of an asshole, you know. So. Yeah. Can't we all? <laughs> Can't we all? <laughs> I like Mike Tyson's way of saying it. He's like, man, he's like, so they're like, why do you smoke weed? And he's like, because I don't really like who I am that much when I'm not smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> it's yeah. like a funny way of saying it, but it's, I've had my moments, you know, where like, bro, I was, that was kind of a dick move. I think you need to smoke a joint, chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, as long I mean, also what's also important about that is is also uh, letting the people that you know that you were an asshole to Oh, know the, that you know that you were an man, asshole. Man, the them. ability to apologize is such <laughs> is such a strength in our society, especially among your friends who are other men. Yeah, you know, because stu- man, men can be stubborn as anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to just post this as a man, but you know, there's some egos in effect, and you know, male male against male ego, testosterone things, and mm. it's just like if you're gonna have a male friend, it's like, man, dude, I, I just I got nothing to say other than I fucked up and I'm sorry, and you're just like, well, that's all cool. I need, man. Cool, yeah. Yeah. solid. That's how that normally goes. Yeah, at least with dudes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, no, it is with the DMT mom. <laughs> well, shit, guys, thank you so much for coming in. I fucking yeah. had a blast. Yeah, yeah. great, thank you. Combo, a great time. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, yeah anytime. Sean, I know I've been talking with you about getting you on here forever. Yeah, definitely, man. man. So I'm glad we were finally to get you guys in yeah, here. Together. You should get him and Gene in here, too, so, man. Yeah. Talking, start talking about us, you know, <laughs> some, some crazy sacred geometry stuff, too, man. Do I know Gene? Um, I don't. I don't know if you know Gene. He's worked in the service industry around here a long time. Okay. He like when when we were bartending at the Swamp back in the day, way back in the day when the Swamp on Okaloosa Island was open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene was a bouncer out there. He's trained. Okay. He's trained at Capital with us. Uh, okay. Gene is trained, so he's done jujitsu and stuff like that. He's got a very. Uh, he's very into um, archetypal wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, he really likes you know I, what's the esoteric the yeah, esoteric yeah, lessons yeah. like the old lessons that go through humanity. He's really into that stuff. He's very Super. knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. We have some great conversations about it. So. Oh. Right now, he's like into uh, decoding the Kabbalah. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty. Yeah. So yeah. see, I know we're <laughs> weird, deep, man. Deep, we we do some weird stuff, stuff in yeah, our group. We're we're we got a weird group of guys. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. We're like yeah. we're like hippie no shame. Guys, hippie guys it, that learn train. some stuff, hold each other accountable. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. We're, so. we're hippie guys that train. It's funny. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to fight. Yeah, it's dude. Funny. Yeah, you'll have to come to BJJ soon, man. Yeah, man. I want to. I'm. No, I don't. I'll talk to you a little bit more yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. but I'm dealing with another injury right now. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure I'm going to have to have surgery on it. So oh, man. Fucking just part of getting old and going too fucking hard. And you. Man, you ain't getting old. You're getting yeah. better. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, that. Like wine, bro. Uh, like wine, bro. My brain and mind might be for now, but uh, but unfortunately, the, the body isn't. So I got to work on that a little more. So. No, you got to keep telling yourself that the laws yeah. of physics don't apply to you. <laughs> yeah. Only you. Yeah, that's the ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Only you, bro. Cool. All right. Cool, thanks, guys. guys. Thanks, thanks, bro. <laughs> Yes, three of